Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free. So we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season two. I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sabanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing season two, episode 12, Awakened. It originally aired on February 3rd, 2000 and had 4.78 million viewers, over 2.5 million less than the previous week. I guess people hated Reckless Abandon because they stopped watching. I know, seriously, they they noticed all the flaws. It's so weird the way it fluctuates. Like we get like 7 million down to 4 million, just then up and down. Yeah. It's weird. It is. I mean, that's still a lot. That's still a lot of people. All right. So we open at P3 and it's late at night and the club is very busy. Piper's behind the bar and she's like cutting up a fruit and she keeps coughing. Phoebe comes down the stairs and walks up to her. Piper is like so happy to see her and Phoebe says, is that because I can work tonight or is it because I am now Phoebe Hallowell, college student? And Piper's like, okay, neat, thin slices. And then she's like, wait, you enrolled? And Phoebe says that she signed up for two general courses and then Piper notices that she also signed up for seven electives. And Phoebe's like, so I'm a little confused. What do you think I should take? And Piper starts coughing again, and Phoebe's concerned about her. Piper also canceled lunch with Prue because she had to do paperwork for the club. And Piper said, uh, or Phoebe says, so I guess you missed your massage today also. And Piper says that a reporter from the San Francisco Weekly called and had a ton of questions about the club. And Phoebe tells her that she has to take care of herself. She's like, you've been feeling funky since yesterday. And Piper says it's probably just a little bug. And Phoebe says, even more reason for you not to push it. Piper says she's fine and that the club is finally making money. And then she's like telling Phoebe again to slice the fruit. And Phoebe asks what type of fruit it is. Piper tells her that it's Kiwano. It's from South America. She says it's really great for Mai Tais and that she got it in yesterday. The bartender has a connection at the docks. And Phoebe's like, wait, you smuggled it in? And she's like, it's fruit, not drugs, Phoebe. Phoebe says, you know, just because we're witches doesn't mean that you're invincible. You need to start taking care of yourself. And Piper's like, thank you, doctor. And Phoebe's like, hey, doctor Phoebe Hallowell, I like it. And Piper laughs and so does Phoebe. And that's the end of that scene. Cute little intro scene. I mean, you can see Piper is clearly overwhelmed. Phoebe now officially enrolled in college. Like she's been talking about this since even last season. She had said something about you know, maybe I want to start working again or go back to school. I'm excited for her. Like, I think this is great. It shows such a development in character. And I'm so excited to see, like, what happens to her from this. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I like the way that she's kind of still figuring out what it is she wants to do. She just knows she wants to be back in school. I think that's realistic. I think it's cute. Um, mm-hmm. I like their interactions here, very sisterly. And I like the little setup. Like, I just think it's cute. I think it's funny. The scene works well for me. Yeah, me too. All around very good. Okay, so now we are at Buckland's and Jack and Prue are looking at a painting. And Prue says, well, it certainly appears to be a Monet. 
and continues to talk about it. And then Jack is just kind of teasing her as she continues to point things out. And she says it's beautifully rendered. And Jack is looking at her ass and is like, no complaints about my view either. And then she's like, okay, you know what? Is everything with you sexual? And he says, no. Okay, you, you've never thought about me? And she's like, Jack, come on. We don't have very much time to authenticate this painting. And he's like, not even just a little. She's like, okay, fine. Maybe just a little. And he says he's not pushing it. He just wants to know where he stands with her. And then Caldwell walks in and asks how they're doing. And she says they're exactly where they should be at the moment. He says he wants it authenticated by the auction. And he has eight buyers interested. And she says, you don't have to worry about us, Mr. Caldwell. And then he leaves. And Jack says, do I have to worry about us? And Prue kind of just sighs. I'm getting kind of that vibe of very much like Prue is not that interested in Jack that way. You know, like, like it, it seems like for her, this is nothing serious, like a roll with the punches kind of thing. And Jack's kind of, kind of in the same place, but also a little more pushy about the relationship. But I also don't know if it's just because like he wants to have sex and she still hasn't. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of wondering what's going through his head. Yeah, me too. But aside from that, just kind of setting up, uh, what is it called? A B plot or something? Yeah, exactly. Like setting up their little side plot where we have this painting, which is kind of mirroring things in their relationship, which we'll see continue to happen through the end of the episode. Exactly. So then we're back at P3 and Phoebe is telling Piper to go home because she's sick and Piper is worried that they're over their occupancy limit. She's like freaking out because she thinks the fire marshal might shut them down. Then she says she's fine, but then we like go into her point of view and like we see that everything's getting blurry and then she says maybe you're right and passes out. And Phoebe tells someone to call 911 and she keeps trying to wake up Piper. And obviously now Phoebe's super freaked out and that's the end of that scene. So obviously this little sickness plays a part in this episode and we'll see what happens there. Something's wrong with Piper. I'm interested to find out what it is, but aside from that, I feel like there's not too much, you know. So then we have the theme song and we go back into a hospital room. And Piper's sleeping in the hospital bed and Prue walks up to her and looks sad. And then Piper wakes up and Piper asks Prue what happened and she tells her that she collapsed. And Piper says that must have been great for business. So what's wrong with me? And Prue tells her that they're waiting for results and that Piper needs to take the time to get better, whatever it is. And uh, then Piper asks where Phoebe is. And... We see Phoebe in the nurse's station and it kind of changes to where she is. And she walks up to the desk and she's looking for Dr. Wallace for the results because they were supposed to be back 20 minutes ago. And then she tell the nurse tells her that Piper was transferred to Dr. Williamson's care. She's going to page him and Phoebe should go to the waiting room. And she goes, but obviously looks pretty annoyed. So then Phoebe's sitting in a chair and she looks upset and this little boy wheels over to her and asks if she's sick too. She says, no, I'm not sick. He says, then why do you look so sad? She tells him that her sister's there and they don't know what's wrong with her. He says, the doctors don't know what's wrong with me either. Maybe I, maybe your sister and I have the same thing. She asks for his name and he says he's Nathan and she introduces herself and then asks him about the toy he's holding. He tells her it's a ninja doll that he found in the children's ward. And she says, you know, I don't think it's just any ninja doll. 
if I know my ninja dolls, I think that one's really a magical wi- wizard. <laughs> and he's like, really, how can you tell? And she tells him that he has powers. He can move things and freeze things and he can kickbox too. And the really cool thing about him is he can do all this to the demon, to the bad guys inside your body without anyone even knowing about it. All you have to do is when you feel bad, you close your eyes and just picture him fighting them for you. Do you think you can do that? And he says he can, and they both smile. That's when Dr. Williamson comes over and she says bye to Nathan. And there are a bunch of interns with the doctor. And we find out that he's an infectious disease specialist. And Phoebe's obviously super upset, but she follows him as they walk towards Piper's room. So I feel like that was really cute. You know, Phoebe's like, trying to make the little boy feel better and we see his like little toy that he's got and um it's it's working for me you know like Phoebe kind of playing back to the last episode where they're like oh you have that motherly instinct and things like that so it's nice to see that from Phoebe and then obviously understandably freaking out because why is there like an infectious disease specialist checking on Piper now like something must be really wrong you know yeah Totally agree with everything you said. Don't have anything to add. (laughs) Okay. So now we are in Piper's room and they all walk in and Piper asks where Dr. Wallace is and Williamson says, I'll be keeping him posted. How are you feeling? And Piper's like, okay, a little hot, tired. And his pager starts going off and he says, have you been out of the country recently? Africa, South America, Caribbean. She's like, I wish. No, I haven't even been out of the city. Why? And he tells her that she has a blood disease called Arroyo fever, which comes from the bite of a sandfly. And he asks about imports into her home. And she's like, no, I haven't had any. And Phoebe reminds her of the fruit in the club. And he says that the Kiwanu is a, is a possible carrier. And she shows him a bite on her shoulder from yesterday after she opened the fruit. And he orders an antibiotic. And then his pager goes off again. And he says that he's leaving to run some more tests. And Phoebe says, excuse me, she's going to be okay, right? I mean, it's not life-threatening. And he says, well, I'll know better after I run some more tests. Um, And he leaves, and she climbs up on the bed with Piper, and all the sisters smile at each other. And Piper says, like, I'm going to be okay. And Prue's like, yeah, yeah." I mean, he didn't seem too worried, just prescribed antibiotics. And Piper said, the tests are just to confirm the diagnosis, I'm sure. Prue's like, yeah, don't you agree, Phoebe? And Phoebe's like, I think we should call Leo. Piper's like, um why and Phoebe's like why not he can heal you Piper said no he's out of our lives he's not even our white lighter anymore besides with Dan in my life and Phoebe says but if Leo knew that you were sick and Piper's like no and that's final no demon or warlock did this to me just let the doctors do their magic she said or Phoebe says well I just wanted you to get well soon or and she lays on her and she's like I know and I will now you two guys get out of here Prue, go to Buckland's. Phoebe, go wherever it is you go to. And somebody, please call Dan so he doesn't worry. Prue's like, okay, bye, love you. And she kisses Piper's forehead. Phoebe sits up and kisses her a bunch of times and like on the cheek and tells her like she loves her and goes too. And Piper's like laughing. And then after the door closes, she she looks sad. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the scene works. Uh, The medical stuff, not that I know much about medical, seems fine to me like it works Mm -hmm. then we have the sister moment and I have some questions so they're saying Leo's not their white lighter which we kind of got when the last episode he was in 
Um, he was like, you know, we're not going to work together anymore, whatever. And I will say, we said we were going to keep count of how many episodes it was before we saw Leo again. So we went episode nine and 10 without seeing him. So it was only two episodes that he was technically gone. Um, but anyway. What about if, 11? Oh, and 11. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, this he, is 12. he wasn't in yeah. the last So yeah, he right. wasn't in nine, 10, or 11. If he's not their white lighter anymore, why haven't they been assigned another white lighter? I was thinking the same thing. Like, like someone you would should think that they would give some, them somebody else in place of Leo. Exactly. Like someone should be here to help Piper right now. What the fuck? She's the charmed one. She's important. Yeah. Like it doesn't. It doesn't really make any sense, you know. And later on, as we well, I guess to be more. Yeah, I'll have more thing. to say about that later because like they were just gonna let Piper die, but we can get to that when we get to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um. You can see like how worried they all are. I think the sister moment was pretty cute, you know, like them all hugging her and Piper just trying to like be like, like, oh, don't worry, like everything's fine. And Prue, as much as you can tell, like she's like, yeah, yeah, agreeing with Piper, you can tell like she doesn't, you know, she's concerned as well. Yeah, like I think we see, and this makes sense as like an older sibling, like Prue and Piper are both trying to like put on a brave face for their sisters whereas Phoebe like as the baby has more freedom to kind of like show that she's worried and like show yeah. that fear and like you know what I mean whereas like yeah, Piper and Prue feel this that. need to like protect and take care of so that worked for me as well exactly it felt very realistic in that way mm -hmm. all right so then we're at Buckland and Prue walks into her office and Jack is there She's like, hey, have you had the chance to look at the thread density results on the Monet? And he says, yeah, and you were right. There were some unexplained thread markings in the area around the station, as well as the signature. She asks if he told Caldwell. He says, not yet. I was hoping to talk you into going home first. Prue, you're exhausted. She says, yeah, I know, but I just prefer to stay here. Keep busy. I mean, how long can these tests take anyway? And he tells her that Piper's going to be fine. And she says she knows it's just after everything I've seen in my life, and believe me, I've seen a lot of weird stuff, it takes a lot to scare me. But this time I'm really scared. And she's kind of like teary-eyed and they hug. And he says, you know, I'm really not good at this saying the right thing stuff. Why don't you go back to the hospital and I'll stay here and handle everything, okay? And her phone starts ringing and she grabs it and it's the nurse from the hospital. Yeah, so I feel like here... It was pretty considerate. Like, Jack was like, we saw still more of that sweet side of Jack. I mean, it does bring, I mean, it does, he does kind of go back to like, you know, like, oh, okay. When he's like, uh, I don't really know what to say. So, but you should just go to the hospital and I'll take care of everything. Like, it's not exactly the most comforting, loving way to handle it, but he is being like pretty genuine and sweet there and like helpful to her. So it's kind of half and half. Yeah. And it really, honestly, like, this is one of those scenes where Jack really works for me as a character, because, mm -hmm. like, I get that sometimes it's hard to, like, put the way you're feeling into words and to, like, take care of someone else if that's not your natural instinct. So I right. like the way that, like, his instinct is, let me do this for you, Let like, kind of like an act of service as opposed to, like, emotional a, support, like, words, yeah. words supporting. So that works for me. And I see the way that he is like kind of 
using what he's capable to do to try to take care of Prue in this moment. Because it does show that, you know, despite what we were seeing in their last scene, like, it's not just a sex thing with Jack. Like, it's obvious that on some level he really does care about her and that, like, he does want to support her and her family during this time. No, I totally agree. And it definitely works for me. And him doing that as, like, an act of service, it did feel like it fit with his character, you know? Like if I had seen him just be all lovey-dovey and like there for her emotionally and things like talking to her, like it it would have been nice, but also like it doesn't fit his character as well as this does, you know? Yeah. Like it definitely worked for me. Yeah. And this is one of those moments where I think the writers are actually making good use of Jack's character. Like I did enjoy Agreed. this scene. All right. So now we are at the manor and Dan and Phoebe walk in and Dan's like, is she going to be okay? And Phoebe's like, you know, that's what's so frustrating. They won't tell us anything, the damn doctors. And he's like, can I, can I see her? Where is she? And she says, San Francisco Memorial. Well, but she's obviously like looking down, really stressed and worried. So Dan comes and hugs Phoebe and tells her like, hey, nothing's going to happen to Piper. She's strong and healthy and she's a fighter. Phoebe's like, you've noticed too, have you? And they both laugh a little. Um, and then the phone rings and Phoebe picks it up. And it's Prue calling, saying that they need her to get to the hospital right away. And she's like, why? What happened? And that's how that scene ends. Mm -hmm. Which I just want to say that, like, you know, sister and brother-in-law type, like, situation. Like, that was sweet, you know? Like, we've had moments where it feels like, okay, you're being a little too close with, like, your sister's man. Or, like, like it's weird, you know? But that, that didn't feel out of place at all, you know? Like it felt like they were comforting each other, caring about her. And it just felt like a really sweet moment. Like, I really liked that scene. Yeah, I did too. Um, You know, it wasn't anything that necessarily like added to anything, but it did feel like a sweet scene. Like you're saying, it felt like, you know, them leaning on each other for support because they both love Piper so much. So it totally made sense to me. Yeah, it was just like, like, it wasn't a necessary scene, but I'm glad that it's there because it was cute. And it made the situation feel a little more, real and emotional like realistic and everything it worked for me yeah because I like kind of seeing that you know when they're on their own each of the sisters is kind of dealing with this moment in their own way so it works for me definitely um and then of course you know we get that idea at the end which we got at the end of last season as well that something's wrong with Piper and that we're gonna find out what that is So then we cut to the hospital and the doctors are wheeling another patient through the hall. And as that's happening, Dan and Phoebe run past and up to Prue, who's by like the doorway to Piper's room. Phoebe asks what's going on. And Prue says all they said is that her condition has worsened. And inside the room, there are a bunch of nurses and doctors all around Piper. And Phoebe's like, what's that supposed to mean? And Dan says it means we're not going to leave the door until we find out. And the doctor walks over to them and says, unfortunately, your sister's immune system isn't as strong as we thought it would be. The antibiotics are having no effect on the disease. And Phoebe says, so what do we, what do you do now? And he says, well, there's nothing more we can do. And Prue says, wait, what do you mean by that? What are you saying? And he says, well, either Piper pulls out of the coma on her own, or I'm afraid your sister's not going to survive. And Phoebe starts crying, and Prue and Dan do too, and Piper's just, like, lying there in her oxygen mask. Like, it's very dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) Shit got pretty real pretty quick. 
Um, I feel like these doctors are way too fast to give up. Like, you only tried one thing and you're just like, yeah, she's gonna die. Like, yeah. Like, it's all like, all right, we gave her an antibiotic. Dude, it's up to her. Like, <laughs> just pay the bill, all right? And hopefully she pulls like, through. Do you guys have insurance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, like, it's gonna be about $4,000 for the for the oxygen mask and the antibiotic. <laughs> This is a healthy 27-year-old woman, but, like, honestly, we're giving up after one small medication. Yeah. It obviously, like, she's screwed. There's nothing else to say. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Not that that's, like, exactly how things go, but it does, like, unfortunately feel pretty realistic in a lot of ways. Like, first of all, the idea that, like, at any time something can happen and things can just go downhill really quickly which is like always a scary thought you know like you could be sick next thing you know you have like a fucking brain bleed or something like it's shit like that happens all the time and it's terrifying so that feels realistic like piper getting really sick really fast um and also kind of the way the doctors are like taking a while to get answers to them and this and that and like, it feels realistic. Like, there are many times where I've gone to hospitals and it's like, this is just pointless. Like, I'm here for seven hours and you guys have literally done some tests and nothing came of anything, you know? Yeah, like it's I mean, you know, to get personal a little bit, like, when I first got sick last year, I mean, not that everyone who's a listener knows this, but, you know, I have, like, a stomach disease. And before I got diagnosed with that, like, I was in the hospital for, like, a day and a half. And you know, it was just waiting for doctors to come in and tell me what was going on. And it sucked because this was also like, there were still COVID restrictions. So I was by myself, like it sucked really yeah. bad. And so, you know, the waiting and all that makes sense to me. But the fact that, you know, again, this is like a healthy 27 year old woman and they're giving up after trying one thing like that just feels like, do yeah, more. That, what yeah the that feels a little out of pocket, unrealistic, but, um, but I, yeah, that's the whole like ideas of doctors being difficult and kind of not really solving anything is feels a little real to me for sure. Yeah, you know? no, definitely. I mean, from when I got sick to like when they figured out what was wrong with me, it was like four months, you know what I mean? So like four I get months that of all constant time, four months of constant appointments and them mm-hmm. like doing the same thing to find to tell you like, oh, you don't know what's going on, you know, like it's yeah. And millions of tests and like dealing with insurance and all that. It's the American healthcare system and it sucks, but like, yeah. you know, this definitely kind of but presents things can that progress. a little bit. And like, you know, we're kind of laughing at the drama of it because we just see Piper there in the oxygen mask. But right. Like, it is scary and like things can happen like that. And we just want the doctors to do more. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, like do a little, I mean, just like in this one antibiotic, like not that we're expecting, oh, they can just heal her. Like we know doctors aren't magicians or anything, but like there's no but way like, you did the best you could. try more than one thing. I know, like give it, like, is that the only like, I don't, I mean, I don't know anything about Arroyo fever, but I'm going to have to like look it up and research like how they usually handle a situation like that, because that's just crazy to me. Because I feel like, oh, this antibiotic won't work. Let's try a different antibiotic. Let's yeah. try, like, try three or four things before you're just like, yeah, either she wakes up from the coma or, like, you guys don't have a sister anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, <laughs> sorry. There's nothing more we can do for you. <laughs> so now we are at the manor in the attic. 
and Prue and Phoebe walk in and Prue's like okay we can't let Piper die and Phoebe's like no we can't but Prue this isn't a demon or a warlock that we're up against and they reach for the book of shadows and she's like if there are spells in here to vanquish demons then there's got to be a spell to vanquish a lousy bug phoebe's like okay but even if there is a spell how do we get past the whole personal gain issue the consequences Prue's like what consequences the power of thieve remains unbroken innocents are saved i don't really see a downside to that do you she's like prue if good witches could really vanquish diseases do you think any sick per like there would be one sick person in the world and prue's like look we have to save piper and she's like, I agree. All I'm saying is before we resort to the Book of Shadows, maybe we should call Leo. And Prue's like, no, she told us not to. And Phoebe's like, so let her be pissed at us. At least she'll be alive. And then she's like, Prue says, we don't even know how to contact him. He's always just sort of been around. And they both start kind of looking up and just yelling his name like, Leo, Leo. And all of a sudden he orbs in. And like they, they're like, whoa, it worked. And Prue says, all right, look, Leo, Piper is very, and Leo says, very sick, I know. That's why I could hear you calling. I've been nearby watching. And Phoebe's pissed. She's like, wait, you've been watching her this whole time and you haven't healed her? And he says, I can't. They know about Piper too, and they won't let me interfere. I'm not even supposed to be here right now. And Prue says, Leo, you can't just let Piper die. And Leo says, don't you think I would do something if I could? Phoebe says, but you love her. And Leo said, I know, but I'm not her white lighter anymore. Even if I could help her, my powers probably wouldn't even work because she wasn't hurt fighting evil. And then he hears like that white lighter jingle noise. And he says, I have to go. They know I'm here. I'm sorry. Tell Piper I love her. And he orbs out. And Phoebe's like, screw the consequences. And they go over to the book. So this is something I feel like we've seen before with the sisters where like when it comes to protecting each other they kind of throw away the idea of the consequences which you know as a sibling makes sense to me so mm-hmm. I get that let's talk about the Leo of it all though because like I know that's what I was thinking like first of all him coming finally seeing him again I'm loving it and it's gonna develop into something else later in the episode which I'm kind of excited about um but we'll get there and I mean it kind of sucks because it's like you know he's broken the rules just being with piper before so like kind of why can't you do it now if you love her that much but at the same time you can see like his reasoning makes sense and yeah like she didn't get hurt fighting evil so maybe he wouldn't be able to heal her although there have been times where she's still like he's still able to hear her heal her when she gets hurt from like cutting herself on a knife by accident like didn't that happen um yeah a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. and it's like well that wasn't through fighting evil so why wouldn't you be able to but uh he does have to follow his rules like he's got his job as well so it kind of makes a little sense but also like i totally get their point because it's like what they're just like fuck piper let the power of three end like what's going through their head when they're like oh like we're just gonna let the power of three die no you can't save them what about another white lighter like you said like why don't you send somebody else like no it's just like die like I I don't get it and it's not like I mean spoiler to the end of the episode but like it's not like she's gonna heal of natural causes so they were literally just gonna let her die yeah like in the at the end of the day they never did anything or allowed anything that was gonna save her like they were fully prepared to just like she's dead yeah I don't know 
but uh, and it's like it's one of those things where it's like I have so many questions about the destiny aspect of the show then exactly. because like clearly Piper's destiny was not to die but like they weren't gonna do anything about it yeah and I, I have a feeling like because I mean as we continue to see more of them and you know Leo's bosses and everything throughout the show they're pretty consistently like rule followers like very much like we don't interfere with destiny you know we don't interfere with like what people do so it's I kind of get it but at the same time it's like what are you there for like if you're just like oh I know things are going to turn out this way so let me leave it alone it's like but why are you even there then if you're not going to do anything or like you know what like it's just like there's so many questions that you have to like think about with this and even Piper and Leo like we heard in the Cupid episode like and I mean it'll be continued at the show like this is a, a broken rule like they Piper and Leo were not supposed to happen and Cupid even said that like no you we weren't supposed to do that you know so it's like was that destiny or was it like off track like I it's it's just very confusing to think about yeah and like it all I mean I guess we can get to it at the end but then like I it just makes me have more questions about the way the episode ends like yeah well we'll get to that when we um are there but I know yeah I know what you're saying this is the first time I mean this is consistently through the future how they call Leo around but this is the first time they like do the whole yelling his name thing I didn't realize that that had never happened before me either. I forgot they didn't know how to get Leo to arrive, that he did always just kind of appear. <laughs> yeah, I, ne- I never really thought about it because, you know, we've seen the show so many times, like, we already know that that's how they get his attention. But I that's hilarious that season two is the first time we get to see him, uh, them figure it out. Exactly. Leo, Leo. <laughs> Leo. <laughs> so we're back at the hospital and we're in the hallway and Phoebe says... You really think the awakening spell is going to work? And Prue says it better. She's going to get Piper's blood and Phoebe's going to get a poppet and they'll meet in Piper's room. So they split up. When we get to Piper's room, Dan is holding her hand and a nurse's talk is taking her blood. Prue asks how she is and Dan says there's no change. She uses her power to steal a vial of blood and put it in her pocket and Dan says she just looks like she's sleeping, but I can't wake her up. And Prue kind of moves closer and rubs his shoulder and says she'll wake up, I promise. Then we cut over to Nathan's room and Nathan is playing with the ninja doll when Phoebe comes in. And he's like, Phoebe, I was hoping you'd come back. And she's like, really? Why? He says, you were right. The wizard did it. I feel great, just like I used to. She says the power of positive thinking. And he says the power of magic. He says he can go home in a few days and she says that she's so happy for him and she's like, you know, Nathan, I was wondering if you would let me borrow the wizard for a while. My sister can use a little magic right now. And he says that she can keep him. I don't need him anymore. And Phoebe thanks him and smiles. Then we go to Piper's room where Phoebe comes in and says she was going to get them sodas, but the machine in the hall is busted. Dan says he'll go look for a working one and leaves. Then Phoebe pulls out the ninja and places him on Piper's chest, and Prue pulls out the spell. In the hallway, Dr. Williamson passes by Dan and is coming towards the room. Back in Piper's room, Prue and Phoebe are casting the spell. The door starts to open, and Prue uses her power to close it and hold it closed. Dr. Williamson is, like, trying to get in and getting really pissed off as they finish the spell. 
Piper wakes up and Dr. Williamson is yelling for them to open the door. He comes in and asks who's blocking the damn door and the sisters are all hugging and Prue's like, what's up, Doc? And he says, when did this happen? Miss Hallowell, are you feeling all right? And Phoebe's throwing out the doll just as the doctor's like examining Piper. And then in the trash, we see like the doll's eyes open. Then in the hall, Dan sees people going into Piper's room and like assuming there's something wrong, he goes running in and he looks so relieved when he sees her there. She asks if the sodas are for her and they hug. Then the doctor says, just this doesn't make any sense. The fever's gone, vitals are normal. I've never seen anything like it. And Phoebe and Prue are smiling and Piper asks if she can go home after they take more blood and that she hates hospitals. They all start laughing and hug her and Dr. Williamson is just staring at them. Then inside the trash, we see the doll sit up and there's a nurse walking by and he like stabs her with his sword and she grabs her ankle for a second, but then just continues walking. And then he like slices open the trash bag and starts walking away. So pretty long, like, you know, little clips there, but I think all of this worked really well. You know, I mean, first of all, the scene with Nathan, absolutely adorable, absolutely melted my heart. Like that was so sweet. And for him to be like, no, we like, you were right. They did it. I'm healed. And then for her to be like, my sister could use some of that magic right about now. And he like, lets her. Get, it was just too cute. I, I couldn't even believe it. I love it. It was very cute. Like I loved the little connection between them. Me too. I feel like Dr. <laughs> Williamson is too quick to be like all pissed off for no reason. Yeah, I know. Like, dude, relax. Like how I've never heard a doctor walk in and be like, who's blocking this goddamn door? Like, you, you don't talk yeah. to like patients like that. <laughs> and also when he's like, this makes no sense, blah, blah, blah. Like, did you want her to die? Like, I feel like he was really like ready to just let her go. Literally. Everybody seems to be. <laughs> Although I do have to say, like, the fact that there is zero logic behind what just happened, like, from his perspective, I can understand why he's like, absolutely baffled and like wants to know what's going on and like lost and as the episode continues on like it'll make more sense like because it just kind of progressively happens that way yeah no I get him getting there but I don't get him being there right in this first scene because like all he's seeing is that she woke up like maybe she just woke up from the coma right like they said that either she pulls out on her own or whatever but I think it's kind of like I think his confusion right now and being like, whoa, what the hell? Like, this makes no sense. It's like, yeah, she could have woken up, but she wouldn't have woken up from the coma and just like magically be healed. Like he's over here checking her and everything's just gone, you know, like yeah. that's where I could totally understand him being like, but, like this I makes feel like he should have started running tests before he said that. Like if he had done her yeah, blood work and he was like doing like her what is it when they like check your heartbeat and stuff like if he was checking all her stuff and seeing that it was coming back normal then to start getting suspicious makes sense but I feel like his suspicion starts too quickly yeah as soon as he walks in the door yeah it didn't that was I think you're right but otherwise Um, the pacing was good that's just the one element of it that fell off to me yeah no I definitely agree so I love that and I love like you know, the, with them all jumping on top of her and giving her love and everything. All very sweet. And this fucking little ninja. We don't know exactly, like, what that means, him stabbing the doctor. But we will find out more about it as mm-hmm. we go on. 
Yeah. And like, you know, it's interesting because we know something that the sisters don't yet. So that's yeah. what's interesting about that aspect of the episode. And you know, like, we weird? can already see the consequences, but they can't. Yeah. And you know, what's weird too, is that they, I mean, it's not that much of a spoil we're going to get there, but they never find out. That's true. They do never realize what was going on. Like they how no... exactly the transmission was happening. Yeah, like the way the way things played out, they never ended up re- like finding out that it was because of this little ninja. Actually, yeah, they did say no because pr- we'll get there. But yeah, no, they never realized that. Yeah, they never realized that the poppet came to life. Exactly. So that's that's kind of funny because we've known some like we know throughout the whole episode, and they never even find out. Yeah. So now we are at P3. It's like, you know, the next night or something and the club is closed and the sisters are still there and like a little bit of staff and Piper tells the bartender that he could go and she'll clean up. So he leaves and Phoebe goes over to Dan and asks him to dance with her and he's like, oh, it's 2 a.m. And he puts his arms around Piper and Phoebe goes back to dance while Prue's kind of like up playing with the DJ and the music, like DJ booth and music. So Dan puts his arms around Piper and Piper's like, somebody need a nap? And he's like, you know, that's not fair. You've been asleep for almost 24 hours. And she says, and I know you've been up for almost 24 hours by my side. I can't tell you how much that means to me. You being there for me, hanging tough. And she strokes his face and he's like, I wasn't that tough. And she laughs and they start kissing and she tells him to go home and she'll see him tomorrow. Um, And then he leaves. And Prue and Phoebe are like playing patty cake on the on the ground and Phoebe or Piper goes up to them and she's like, okay, spill. You guys cast a spell, didn't you? And Prue's like, who, us? And she's like, yeah, you. Not that I'm not grateful to be cured because I am, but what about that little personal gain problem? And Phoebe's like, don't you think we would have seen any consequences by now? It's been hours. And Prue says, yeah, maybe saving a protector of the innocent isn't really considered personal gain. And Piper's like, maybe. Like I said, I'm not complaining. I'm just glad you didn't call Leo. Awkward. <laughs> um, and they kind of like look at each other like, uh. And then she was like, strange though, with all the demons we faced, this bug was the scariest one of all. Prue says, yeah, you don't have to give it, convince us. And Piper says, I love you guys. And they all like group hug. And Prue says not to ever scare them like that again. Um, and then Prue says, I almost forgot. I have to get that Monet authenticated by tomorrow. And Phoebe's like, at this hour? And Prue's like, why not? I'm wide awake. And she runs off and Piper decides to start cleaning up while Phoebe is dancing. And then Piper, like all of a sudden, like while Phoebe's watching her clean up, just starts moving at like ultra speed and cleaning everything. And Phoebe's like following her with her head. And then she's like, she's like, uh, Piper. And like Piper stops in front of her and she's like, what? She's like, I think I found a consequence. And Piper looks confused. So I kind of like the way they had this play out, you know, I mean, all of them, not like it's 2 a.m. Prue wanting to go do that. Like none of them are tired. Dan. And I like that they kind of showed that contrast, like Dan wasn't in the room. So he's like exhausted, you know, like being up this whole time, worried, going home and go to sleep. But like Piper, Phoebe and Prue are all like wide awake right now. But Piper's the one that's like zooming, literally bouncing off the walls. Yeah. This scene, you know, it works for me. It's really just setting up a lot of what we're going to see throughout, but it right. is, it's a well-developed scene. The dialogue's quippy. Like, I like it. Yeah, I agree. It was just, like, a fun little scene and a fun little way to show, like, the consequence or a consequence. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, the I'm wide awake. Yeah, because it's an awakening spell. Exactly. <laughs> like, I didn't realize that I first I always thought like, oh, it's just, you know, it made Piper too awake. And now that's why she's running around. But I guess if you think about it, like, the other two were also pretty awake and they were because they were in the room during that spell, you know, so it works that way. Exactly. So then we're at the hospital and we see that the nurse who got stabbed is laying in a hospital bed and she's really sick. A doctor goes up to the phone and says to get Dr. Williamson. Then we cut to what I'm assuming is another part of the hospital (laughs) and Dr. Williamson answers the phone. And he's like, okay, put them both on the antibiotic, though I doubt it will do any good. Call me if there's any changes. Then we see this man in a dark jacket approach him in the hallway. And he says, and what can the Center for Disease Control do for you this fine middle of the night, Dr. Williamson? He says, I've really got something for you this time, Siegler. I wouldn't have called you if I didn't. And he says, you know, it's not very ethical to try and get the government to validate your findings just so you can get published, doctor. And he says, this will get me more than published. I've got an outbreak of Arroyo fever at this hospital. And Siegler says, that's impossible. Arroyo fever isn't contagious. And Williamson says, it is now. I've got three patients with this disease in isolation. And he asks how they got it, and William says he doesn't know, but however they did has something to do with the first patient that came down with it, Piper Hallowell, and they keep walking. So, kind of fucked up. Like, obviously the way the Centers for Disease Control guy is talking to him, you know, seems like Dr. Williamson has, like, been trying to up his career. And on top of him kind of giving up with Piper so easily, it does kind of feel like, okay, like, you aren't even doing it for the people you know like you're not even really trying to save lives you just kind of more concerned about yourself and your career yeah like that's what's too ambitious for his own good yeah like Like he's kind of a doctor because he wants the glory more than he wants to actually help people right and it kind of like I, I mean we don't know for sure how he is but like that's kind of the vibe that it's giving off like he didn't even deny the publishing thing he was like this will get me more than published like mm-hmm okay asshole (laughs) yeah like he's not coming across good but at the same time I mean he is trying to help the patients but like exactly it might be that like he's just too ambitious for his own good exactly yeah definitely agree and so now we kind of know like that's what's going on the ninja doll stabbing these patients is what's spreading the arroyo fever obviously the disease transferred over to the doll basically yeah, because of Piper's blood on people. it. Yeah. Exactly. And he's now infecting people. So makes sense. So now we are at Buckland's and it's like that morning. Um, and Jack walks into him and Prue's his and Prue's office, and she's staring at the painting and he asks how Piper is, and she says fully recovered. And he's like, What? That's great. And she's like, Yeah, I just came in early to confirm a few suspicions. And he's like, whoa, wait, back up. Piper's okay. And she takes off her glasses and says, yes, she's home. She's okay. She's healthy. Everything's back to normal. She's like, Jack, we've got to talk seriously. And he says, okay. And she's like, we can't keep on fooling ourselves. This thing isn't real. I mean, I know that it looks perfect from the outside and it makes sense to just ignore the truth and pretend that there's nothing wrong, but I can't do that. And Jack's like, look, Prue, come on. I know we've had our difficulties and maybe our relationship isn't everything you'd hope for, but, and Prue cuts him off and she's like, Jack, 
I'm talking about the painting. It's not real. I mean, yeah, it's from his school, but Monet didn't paint it. One of his students did. And he's like, like, oh, are you sure? And she's like, positive. He's like, so what? She's like, so what? He's like, Prue, if someone wants to believe in something that may not be altogether true, but is true enough for them, then what's the harm in letting it be? The world is made up of almost perfect. It's nothing but near misses and necessary compromises. In this case, I think we got a little bit of both. But you know what? That's okay. I kind of know how you feel. I'm just asking you to not look so close. Nothing bears up under that kind of scrutiny. And she doesn't look happy. And she's like, are you talking about the Monet? And he's like, yeah, that too. Just trust me. Go with it. Everything's going to be fine. And she looks at the painting again. So, yeah, I see here them like kind of mirroring with the Monet and themselves, like their relationship. You know, it, it kind of works, though. Like, I understand what they're each saying about each other, too. Yeah, like the subtext here is very clear. It's not at all like hidden. Yeah, um, not very subtle. <laughs> but part of me feels like, and we can talk about this when we get to the very end of the episode, they're really rushing the end of Jack and Prue here. And just, like, creating problems out of thin air. I was thinking the same thing. Like, not that these things aren't true, you know? Like, they both think differently. She does kind of have a little, like, the different mindsets, whatever. Like, the conversation makes sense. But at the same time, everything was, like, perfectly fine, happy the way things were. And now it's, like, the next episode, they're all of a sudden just, like, having all these issues that came out of nowhere. Exactly. It went from like, let's have fun for now to we're too fundamentally different and this has to end. Yeah. Like it didn't need to, like I, if they had developed it more, it would have made more sense. But right now it's like with the way that they've been handling their relationship um, until now, it doesn't really add up. I feel like we're not learning something new about Jack's character here. Like the first yeah. time we met Jack, he told that woman like, oh, I'll give you a thousand dollars for it now. Like it's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. We yeah. know that Jack has always been in this game for the money. Right, exactly. And that Nothing he, like as he admitted here. in the first episode, he has no problem lying. Yeah, he made that very clear. And even so, he is like fairly honest when it comes to like, like he'll openly say how he feels about things, which I can respect that, but yeah, we're not really learning anything about Jack here. We're not really, it does feel kind of rushed and sudden, although it does like make sense. Like this is like the point I was expecting it to eventually get to, but I didn't expect it to just kind of come out of nowhere like that after them literally in the last episode being like, oh, like, let's just have fun. Yeah. You know? Though I agree with Prue because I Prue is someone who sees things in black and white. And as we'll find out later, like what's about to happen is the wrong thing. So I get Prue, where Prue is going to come from in her decisions later on. So then we're at P3 and we see this hazmat van pull up outside and a bunch of people in suits get out. Then we see Siegler get out and put on a mask and Phoebe and Prue are inside and the door opens and they all come rushing in. They have a court order to take them into custody and place the club in quarantine until further notice. He hands Piper the papers and she looks super pissed and they're putting a bunch of stuff into plastic bags and moving all around. 
it kind of sucks that like the government can do that at any point and there's just nothing you can do about it i mean it makes sense in certain scenarios but it does kind of feel like like damn that kind of really sucks that they can just do that (laughs) yeah and i'm gonna have some like questions as we go on with like how this is allowed but like we'll get there when we get there (laughs) yeah agreed so now we are back at the hospital outside and a press conference is going on. Reporters are everywhere asking questions, and Dr. Williamson is saying that, no, he wouldn't consider it an epidemic at this stage, but the CDC determines that. He says, all I can tell you is that an outbreak has occurred in the hospital, and we've taken all the necessary and responsible steps to contain it. We've identified the initial carrier, and we brought her and anyone she may have infected down to the isolation ward. And then they ask about P3, and they're like, is it true? Like, she shut down an establishment called p3 um and he says that's a question best answered by dr siegler excuse me and then he walks away and at dan's house dan is like sitting in the kitchen watching the news and um he hears about like them asking about p3 and like him confirming it and dan like gets up and grabs his jacket obviously knowing something's going down yeah so i have a question so here williamson is like oh we you know, contained her and anyone she might have been in contact with. Why didn't they contain Dan then? Yeah. He was so clearly fucking there at the hospital. That's so weird. I didn't even think about that. Like, they just (laughs) took the sisters. And, like, Prue's been at work all day. They didn't think that she might have come into contact with anyone at work. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense at all. Like, come on. We've been through COVID. We know how quarantines work. This is not not, good contact tracing. (laughs) aren't doing that great of a job nope (laughs) so then we're at the hospital and we're like downstairs in this isolation ward is what i called it and phoebe and piper are locked in a room and phoebe's banging on the window trying to get the attention of like a doctor who's passing by the woman presses the intercom she's like i'm sorry we can't hear you what is it that you want and she's just being so nasty Mm -hmm. and phoebe's like we want to get the hell out of here that's what we want She's like, Dr. Williamson will be right in to discuss the situation with you. And Piper's like, discuss what? I feel fine. And the woman repeats that he'll be right there and walks away. Phoebe's like, this is ridiculous. Why won't they tell us anything? Piper says, they're lucky they're in the other room. I'd freeze their butts. And then the door opens and Prue's being walked in. And Piper says, you're obviously not here to get us out. And Prue says, yeah, no, when I got home, someone from the CDC was waiting for me and they took like a quart of blood. And Phoebe says, ditto. Piper says, well, they might as well have taken all of mine. They've shut down the club. They'll ruin it. I'll lose everything. Another one of Piper's big dramas, which I love. I love love when she gets like that. It's like so relatable to me because that's how I I act too. She's like, well, they may as well fucking kill me. (laughs) I'm like mood, like mad dramatic. I love it and then phoebe's like no you won't once this whole thing gets straightened out and prue's like i have a feeling it's not going to be that easy look i overheard some doctors talking there's others here that are infected with the disease and phoebe's like but i thought it wasn't contagious prue says that she did too and then she asks if they can hear them and when phoebe and piper say no she asks if either of them slept and they realize that it's probably a consequence of the spell And Prue says, I have a bad feeling that's not the only consequence. 
Then we cut to Nathan's room where a nurse and a doctor are in there and Nathan is asleep. And as the nurse walks out, we see the ninja walk in and look at Nathan. Scary. Don't fuck with my boy Nathan. I know. Leave him alone. He's just a sweet little boy getting better. I know. Leave him out of this. So here I feel like they're trying to or they're starting to make the connections a little more like Prue at least is starting to see like, okay, like we may have fucked up here. And it does kind of suck that like they're locked in there, like literally stuck and nobody is even responding to them, telling them anything like that's so fucking miserable. Yeah. Also, why did they lock three people in a room that we're going to see has one bed? Just about to say I was literally just about to say that. There's three people in that room in one bed. That was my next sentence. I I was like, it makes no sense. Like, they don't know they don't sleep. Only we know that. Yeah. Like, damn. <laughs> also, the fact that the woman was, like, so rude to them. It's like, she's acting like they spread the disease on purpose. Like, these people were sick, and you're just yeah. treating them like shit. Only one of them was sick. And you would think that they would like, I mean, I get maybe Phoebe and Prue being together, but Piper being the initial carrier and them knowing for sure that she has it is like, well, why wouldn't you keep them separate? Like, you know that Piper had, you would think it'd be like the two of them in one ward and then Piper has her own room at least, you know? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense for plot's sake, but it's not logical. It's not. Like, you wouldn't have a confirmed case with two potential cases exactly. locked like in it, a room together. Then you're just, like, if you're thinking that this is airborne, then why are you having them more in contact? Like, it's so dumb. Yeah. All right. So, back in the isolation room, Dr. Williamson walks in, and Phoebe's like, what, no mask? And he's like, no, I don't need it. None of us do. However, the disease is being spread. It's not airborne. I just ruled that out. And Piper says, great, then we're free to go. And he says, afraid not. Phoebe's like, you can't just keep us here. And he's like, actually, I can by law. And not just because your sister circumvented by opening the uninspected fruit, but because she's carrying a rare disease that has every possibility of spreading to epidemic proportions. And Prue says, I thought you said that it wasn't contagious. And the doctor says, Aurora fever isn't supposed to be contagious. And Phoebe says, well, maybe you misdiagnosed it. And he's like, I didn't. And aside from the fact that I have no idea how this disease is being spread, there's another little mystery that's concerning me. Your recovery makes no clinical sense. Your blood has no antibodies, which mean the immune system has never fought it off. By all medical standards, you should be dead right now, Miss Halliwell. And Piper's like, what's the matter, doc? You don't believe in miracles? And he's like, not the kinds that don't leave traces, no. And the sisters all kind of look at each other and he's like, I've got six people infected and there's nothing I can do to save them unless I figure out how it is you survived. And he says that he's going to run all of their DNA and blood to see if there's something genetic that caused her to get better. And then he leaves the room and Piper's wondering how six people got infected and proves like when we did the spell, we must have awakened everything in the room, including the disease. And Phoebe says, so do you think there's anything different in our blood because we're witches? Prue's like, I don't know, but our first priority is to figure out how to save these people. And Phoebe's like, yeah, but even if we can find a spell to save them, how do we prevent it from spreading to other people? And Piper's like, you have to reverse the spell. And they, like, tell her, like, no, you could die. And she's like, I'm not going to die. Just reverse the spell and call Leo so he can heal me. And Phoebe's like, Leo, I thought you didn't want us to call Leo. She's like, well, yeah, that's when I thought I was sick, not dying. And then Prue tells her that they already called him. 
And besides, they don't know how the reversal spell, or they don't know the reversal spell, and they won't let them out to go get it. Piper says Prue can get it. Prue's like, no, I'm, I might haven't controlled my powers. Like, I can't astral project on command yet. And Piper's like, you can learn to control it just like you learn to control your other power. Just concentrate. And she's like, I can't and I won't. And she's like, Prue, you have to try. We can't let anybody else die. And then Prue, like, closes her eyes and tries to astral project, project out of there. So, so again, crazy that they can just, like, lock them up indefinitely like this. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense if it's not airborne, really. Like, at this point, don't lock them up. Like, keep them in a thing. Like, there's really, I feel like there's still not really anything they could do. Because they can't prove that, you know, anything yet. Um, but whatever. I guess it's for plot's sake. Like, um, you also can't force people to, like, even if they had this, like, genetic marker that could help other people, you can't force people to donate their yeah. blood to save other people. That's not how medicine works. No, it's completely, like, illegal. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't work that way. It's not even how, like, blood, I mean, I guess maybe a little, but I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't add up at all. And for her to, like, finally be like, oh, like, just call Leo and everything. Yeah, no, that part's a little sad to me. And also, I mean, like, you know, I like their conversation here when they're like, no, we can't let other people die. Like, it doesn't matter if people find out we're witches. Protecting yeah. people, saving people comes first. Like, all of that is really makes sense and shows who they truly are as characters. So that yeah, it shows their true character for sure. So then we're at the manor in the attic and Astral Prue appears and starts looking through the book. Then we go back to the isolation room and a nurse looks in the window and asks what's wrong with Prue and Phoebe says nothing and she just leaves. Then we're back <laughs> in the manor. <laughs> She's like, all right. <laughs> like, okay. Um, then we're back at the manor and Astral Prue is like memorizing the spell then we go to Nathan's room and we see the ninja jump up onto Nathan's bed and he's still asleep. Then we go back into the hospital room and Prue comes back into her body and Piper says, did you see it? Prue still doesn't want to answer and she's like, we already discussed this. For some reason, there's no magical out for me, but there is for the others, please. So Prue says the spell and then her and Phoebe start repeating it with their hands on Piper's face and like kind of like holding her. And then in Nathan's room, we see the ninja stop being alive and fall to the floor just as Nathan wakes up. Then we go back to the hospital room where Piper passes out and Prue starts banging on the window for help. Dr. Williamson and a bunch of other doctors come running in and put her on the bed. They're like, you girls want to tell me what the hell is going on? And they start putting her on like monitors and a breath machine. And we see that her heart stops and he calls for a crash cart. And then Prue and Phoebe are both crying and they're like trying to do CPR. Yeah, so very hectic, like instantly just drop down, which I mean, it does make sense. You know, she's mm -hmm. very sick right now. I like that little like thing with the ninja where they have us kind of in suspense about what's happening to Nathan. Like if, the, if Nathan's going to get hit. And literally right as the ninja goes to stab him, like, he falls to the ground, you know? Mm -hmm. So that that was, like, cool to me. Their reactions, their hesitancy makes sense to me. Piper's, like, character showing, like, no, we have to protect these people. Like, that comes first is, like, uh, it's, it's very nice. It, like you said, it shows their character. So I kind of like these little scenes here. Yeah, me too. Like, the pacing's really good. The back and forth editing, like, it all works for me in that section. 
Agreed. So now we are in the hospital still and Dan comes running in the front door and then he walks up to a desk where there's a woman on the phone and he says, Piper Hallowell, what room is she in? And the woman puts her finger up and he slams his hand on the desk and he's like, no, what room is she in? Damn it. I'm family. Love it. So hot. I was like I in love with Dan in that moment. I was like, Seriously. yes. You tell her. her. Let her know. And then um, in the isolation room, nothing's working. He's calling for like things still like the shock things and all of that. Dan runs in and sees what's happening from the doorway and Phoebe and Prue are all crying. Piper's ghost like floats out of her body. And then she kind of like goes up into like heaven, I guess. Just kind of like all white brightness. And Piper's looking at the sun. And then a man appears and walks towards her. And she's like, like Leo. And Leo comes up and he's like, like, hurry, take my hands. We don't have much time. And she says, am I dead? And he says, no, not yet. Not if you take my hands. She's like, I don't understand. And he says, it's the only way I can heal you. The only chance I have of them not finding out. Hurry. And then back in the isolation room, the doctor says, like, she's in defib. Give me the paddles. And they shock her. And the sisters and Dan are all watching and, like, crying. And then in heaven, Leo is like, I don't want to lose you. And he takes her hands and they're glowing. And then back down in the isolation room, the monitor is going off and, like, she's dead and they call the time of death and everyone's like devastated and crying like you know the sisters and Dan not the doctors (laughs) (laughs) and up in heaven Piper glows and like slowly fades back into her body and in the isolation room the machine starts beeping and there's a heartbeat and the doctors are all shocked and Piper like wakes up and says Leo's name and Dan like sees hears this and looks super upset and Prue and Phoebe run over to her. The nurse asks what happened. And the doctor's like, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Which This no, doctor is so upset that his patient lived. Like I know. Like, mother- like, Dr. Williamson wanted her to die so bad. Like, so bad. For what? Maybe, like, Piper, like, he has some secret vendetta against her and was just hoping for her to die the entire time. I know. Seriously, just preying on her downfall. <laughs> for no reason oh boy but But, um I think that this worked well I love that Leo came and like saved her and him being like I don't want to lose you like too freaking cute and her waking up and saying his name like Dan hearing that I know that shit had to shatter this man Mm -hmm. that sucks and like the you know like breaking the rules for Piper once again yeah soulmate shit I know it's too cute but that's what we mean like like we said you know like it like they never had any plan to let her live no literally they like leo's bosses were like i don't care if she's charmed that bitch is dying she needs to learn a lesson about opening illegal fruit yeah This is more important, all right? This is like because as we're gonna see in a couple scenes, that's apparently the moral of the episode. Don't open illegal fruit. Yeah, I know. Like that was pretty much the entire like lesson learned in this episode. (laughs) Gotta be more careful next time. Like don't skip customs with your fruit. Yeah. (laughs) That's actually mad funny. Um, No, but in all seriousness, like the pacing of this scene is really good. Yeah. Um, 
I love that Leo decides to save her despite the rules and that now Dan thinks that she was thinking about Leo. Right. In like right. the moment of her death, which has to just be heartbreaking since as we've seen time and time again, he's so jealous of like her past with Leo. Yeah understandably because leo was still around and she obviously still acted like there was something there but like yeah you know it sucks that now he kind of feels like that's confirmed so then we're at buckland's and we see prue is packing up all the stuff on her desk and jack walks in and he's like i just heard are you out of your mind come on prue you can't be serious you can't quit she says i already did i turned in my resignation and caldwell accepted it and he's like, why? Just because he doesn't agree with you about selling the Monet? She says, it's not authentic, Jack. And he says, you know what? Buyers think it is. And they've been thinking that way for over 100 years. She says, so it's worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it, right? And he says, yeah, right. She says, no, it's wrong. Or at least in my book, it is. And that's the way it used to be here before the takeover. Before everyone cared about more about the sell than what they were selling. And he says, including me, right? She says, Jack, it's not just about the painting or Buckland's new philosophy. I've been thinking about this for a while. A lot has happened to me in the past year and a half. I've seen things that I never imagined existed and it's changed me. It's made me want to make changes. He says, so what are you going to do? She says, I don't know. Just take some time, figure it out. Look, I had a little wake up call and I realized that life is way too short to be wasting my time doing something I really don't want to be doing. And he says, or being with someone you really don't want to be with. She says, Jack, you've been great. You've opened me up to so many new things, made me feel wanted again. And he says, but, and she says, but I need to be alone for a while. No strings. And she kisses him and then she leaves. Poor Jack, but bye, Jack. Yeah, I mean, see ya. <laughs> it didn't see it kind of sucks that like his leaving didn't feel you know that like didn't hit me that hard I don't know no it didn't hit me that hard either but I will say like when I before we watched these episodes with Jack in them when I thought back on the Jack and Prue relationship I thought I would hate it a lot more than I did because I remember like really hating it for some reason but I mean Jack wasn't that bad no, I liked having him around. He had his flaws. He had some good moments. He had some really uninteresting moments. But, you know, in these last two episodes, I didn't have too much negative feelings towards Jack. Like, I wanted to see him grow more. I wanted more from him and Prue. I feel like we never I really would have been that. interested to see, like, a little bit more before they got to this point of breaking up. But I also understand where Prue's coming from and that when she wants to do this start over, she wants it with every aspect of her life. And that means being single. Which I totally understand. And I'm so happy for her making this call overall. Everything you said about Jack, I mean, I agree. I don't really have anything to add to that. But also with her leaving uh Bucklands I think that's gonna be a really great decision or I mean hopefully you know like because I know we were literally saying how that's basically her whole life is like work and then fighting demons and it, it shouldn't be that way and I'm glad that she finally sees that and finally did something about it and I, I can't wait to see where it takes her from here yeah, I'm really excited to find out what's next for Prue, career-wise and personal life-wise. I'm excited that she's making some changes, and I hope these changes are going to make her happier. 
yeah. um, and less stressed and more able to focus on things that make her happy and kind of bring her back to the joy in life that I think she lost a lot of when Andy died. Agreed. Yeah. So then we move on to the final scene of the episode and we are at P3 per usual. <laughs> <laughs> And someone brings Piper a box of fruit, and she's like, these haven't been inspected yet. We're returning them to the supplier. And Prue and Phoebe approach, and Phoebe's like, looks like someone learned their lesson. And she- <laughs> Like, why is the major lesson of the episode, like, don't don't get illegal fruit? Like, yeah, was there like, a big illegal fruit problem in 2000 I <laughs> that I don't know about? These people were pissed off about the fruit. They were like, if we're gonna bring anything to this show, it's gotta be all these fruit inspections that go awry like (laughs) Like, there's so much fruit smuggling going on in this fucking country and we need to put an end to it now (laughs) needs to be done oh my god um so phoebe says looks like somebody learned their lesson and she's like yeah the hard way unfortunately she's like the club is doing okay though and but piper says that's because she got rid rid of the cover and has been giving out free drinks and then piper's like have you guys seen dan around and they're both like no why and she's like oh i just thought he might stop by and phoebe's like you know piper dan heard you call leo's name when you were coming around in the hospital she's like he did that wasn't me thinking about leo that was just and phoebe's like him saving you i know and prue's like still how are you going to explain that to dan phoebe says at least you're alive to try that's what's important And Prue's like, I mean, just because we're witches doesn't mean we're above the laws of nature. Phoebe's like, or the Wiccan ones. Piper's like, I know, you don't need to tell me twice. I'm not taking anything for granted anymore. And Prue says, ditto. And Phoebe's like, yeah, Prue, welcome to the ranks of the unemployed. And she puts her arm around her. And she says, I'm proud of you. I think that what you did was very brave. And Prue says, thank you. So, you know, like we were joking, um, all about the illegal fruit. (laughs) In all seriousness, I mean, I like the little wrap up here, the worry about Dan, which I think will obviously come up next episode, I'm assuming. And Uh, then Piper's explanation. And of course, this idea that now Prue's starting over and Phoebe's happy for her. And so is Piper, I think. And the club is going to be okay. Yeah, everything kind of wraps up pretty well i mean the only thing that we're kind of left on there is the whole dan thing with leo in the hospital but aside from that everything like concluded very nicely and i like the little wrap up there too yeah so then we're at the other side of the club and we see leo walking down the stairs Prue spots him and points him out to piper phoebe says to tell him thanks for us too piper walks over and is like hey and he says hey how are you feeling She says, okay, a little tired, which is actually a good thing. Leo, thank you for everything you, and he says, I couldn't let you die, Piper. She says, I'm very glad you couldn't. Did you get in trouble? He says, yeah, actually a lot. They found out what I did. They clipped my wings. She says, what? He says, it's not permanent. It's more like a suspension, I hope. She says, Leo, I don't know what to say. He says, you don't have to say anything. You didn't do anything. I did. I guess in the back of my head, I always hoped, thought that someday, somehow, you and I would get a second chance. She says, I'm with Dan now, and and he says, I know, but I also know that now that I'm mortal, I'm going to fight for you. May the best man win. And Piper kind of smiles, but looks down. Oh my god. 
may the best man win indeed yo that first of all so fucking sexy absolutely love that so hot second of all shit is about to go down like that's crazy i wish i was in piper's position two really hot great guys love me so much like literally like a literal angel just became (laughs) immortal to be with you yeah like like, damn piper like she really got it like that Mm -hmm. i love it i love it i'm so excited for this like little competition or whatever is about to happen now because leo obviously is like i'm not giving up on us and yeah like we've kind of been calling it a love triangle all season and i think it's finally gonna get real love triangle in the next few episodes and i'm excited oh yeah i'm just very excited to see how things play out from here like so so excited me too like i can't believe leo's mortal i mean obviously i knew it was coming so that's a lie but like i am (laughs) so happy that we finally got to that point and i cannot wait to see where things are going and talk more about it me too like you said can't wait i'm so happy he's mortal now i wasn't expecting that but i guess in a way like that's another thing i'm wondering like is that also destiny like it was meant to turn out this way so that they could like be mortal together like you know what i mean yeah i'm wondering that too like i'm like because you know leo's bosses don't want piper and leo together but then is the reason all this had to happen because destiny wanted to bring them back together like that's a question i'm gonna have and like once we see where things go with this plot line with the love triangle i think we can discuss it more and more once we get ideas and i will continue to have questions about that over the next few episodes me too i will i will definitely too Overall, this was such a strong episode. Like, I've always considered it uh, an episode, like, one of my favorites. Like, I really always loved this episode. But looking into it now, going over it, like, I didn't realize how much of the little things, like, changed, like, Prue leaving her job and, you know, starting on her own and Piper getting reintroduced to Leo like this again. Like, it's, it was really, really good. And I'm so excited to, you know... Like, I, I was really excited to talk, talk about this one. I was. Yeah. um, I've always thought of this as an important episode. I've never thought of it as a favorite, but I did really, really enjoy it. And, like, I always thought of it as important because of Leo obviously getting his wings mm-hmm. clipped. But I see even more important plot points now that we've discussed them all. And, like, this episode is just a really good mid-season episode that is leading us into what I'm assuming is going to be storylines that'll carry on for most of the remainder of the season, if not all of the remainder. Yeah, I never realized that this episode specifically gave us a lot of future storylines, like Phoebe starting college, Prue mm-hmm. leaving her job and ending it with Jack, and then Piper getting Leo. Get like there's Those are like important things in each of their lives that we're going to I mean, whether you watch the show or not, obviously that's going to cause a lot of changes. And I'm really like excited. I never realized that it's all started from this episode. Yeah, me either. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. And join us back next time for season two, episode 13, Animal Pragmatism.